Hi, this is Annie Fox for Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Dr. Leah Klugness. Dr. Klugness is a psychologist and recognized authority on single parenting and relationship issues. She is also the co-author of the award-winning book, The Complete Single Mother, 3rd Edition, which is the only comprehensive and best-selling self-help book ever written for single parents. Hi, Dr. Leah. Welcome to Family Confidential. Hi, Annie. How are you? I'm doing really well. Happy New Year. Thank you. Same to you. Thanks. Well, we're here to talk about single motherhood. And um, you and I talked several years ago, and I'm really happy that you came back because I've been getting a lot of emails very recently about um, moms who are now dealing with their teens and tweens on their Uh. own. And we know single parenthood is a ch- parenthood is a challenge. Single parenthood is a challenge, but maybe the toughest challenge is single parenting during the tween and teen years. What do you say about that? I would agree a hundred percent because you you really have the added challenge of trying to have a life yourself as an adult, and your tweens and teens are searching for that life themselves. So. Things like dating and relationships, which are very easy to compartmentalize when your children are younger, become increasingly difficult as they're teens and tweens. Yeah, I I can certainly see that. And I, I, I also get letters from kids who all of a sudden are finding out that mom is dating or mom's engaged and they have very ambivalent feelings about this new person. So what kind of advice can you give to single moms of tween and teenage kids um, as we're both kind of moving in this new chapter? Well, here's the irony. When you've been a successful single mother, however you define that, because it's certainly different for different people. No one should make the rules in your life but you. But then you find love and you find this person that you want to be in a relationship with. Your children don't necessarily welcome this person because they've been really happy all along. Yeah. (laughs) They don't want to change. They're not looking for change. Mm -hmm. They're not looking to have their happy little world upset. I think the... uh, Advice I would give to, well, tweens and teens, two separate, you know, two separate groups. But I would start with mom and say, just because you're madly in love and you know this person is right, your children, although you may have always viewed your, you and your children as kind of a package deal, they're not coming along as the package. They're going to have, they're going to travel their own journey of acceptance of this person and, and having, feelings of safety and love and all the things that you're hoping for, um, just like you are. This is going to be a project, a responsibility, a commitment that's going to be added to the things that you and your new um, partner are working on. So I would say, like all good relationships, take it slow, Mm -hmm. build the trust slowly, think about how the other person is feeling, what their perspective is. And eventually, things very typically work out very nicely for all involved, but not if you try to rush it because it doesn't work that way. You know, it's really important what you just said about taking a time to let it develop and that the child, whatever age, has their own um, agenda and trajectory of when it's going to start to feel more comfortable to have this new person, this new parent figure 
in their life. And I, I have often heard from tweens and, and from parents as well that they want it instantly to be instant family. Oh, please. <clears throat> yeah. That's, that, is, <clears throat> that is a parenting myth that doesn't seem to want to die. That's why the Brady Bunch is in, uh, you know, reruns forever. I'm pretty convinced our grandchildren are going to be watching the Brady Bunch in reruns. There is no instant family. And the first things that your children, teens or tweens, are going to think about is, how is this going to change my day-to-day life? For example, you may be thrilled to get out of that cramped apartment and finally get a bigger apartment or even a home of your own. But that's a change. They'll miss their neighborhood. Maybe they have to change schools. Yeah. Are the rules going to be different? Is he is he going to be stricter? Are we still going to have pancake breakfast on Sunday? Are we still going to go to grandma's for Christmas? Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. And the truth is, everything in their lives is going to change. Yeah. Every last thing. So they're yeah. right to be. They're mentally stable to be wary and concerned. No, this makes so much sense. And and I think that it's often hard for mom who, as you say, may be madly in love now and so excited about this new chapter in her life to have some compassion for all the changes that her choice brings on to the kids who had no vote in it at all. Exactly. Exactly. And it often comes at a time when they, whew, you know, finally settle down and everybody kind of, you know, they got the routine worked out with uh, the non-custodial parent with dad and, you know, things have calmed down and settled down. And then what? <laughs> We're moving? Who is that? <laughs> Who is that? Yeah. And why, and why is he telling me what to do? Yeah. And why? And that's is, the other part of it. And why, um, did he, and why did he use up all the pancake syrup? And how come he's in the bathroom for so long? And, you know, the list goes on and on. Yeah. So tell me, um, now with the internet and, and so many resources available for, for parents, and um, I'm, I'm wondering, as you think back, how are things really different from what they were for you when you first became a single mom? Really doesn't have as much to do with the internet. And maybe it, uh, as, it's not a, an internet technology phenomenon. It's really been a a population revolution. When I became a single mother uh, through divorce, uh, as people may or may not know, he broke up with me over the phone, I guess because texting wasn't invented. So my <laughs> entry to single motherhood was very unexpected and, and you know, rather instant. It was in many ways a shameful thing. Hmm. Children who were born, if you were divorced, it was kind of that kind of scarlet letter, you know, kind of thing. If you had a child outside of marriage, people felt free to say the child was illegitimate, whatever in the world that meant, or out of wedlock or a fatherless child, like somehow biology (laughs) rules did not apply. Uh, there's a greater acceptance as there have been more children born to single women and single women in committed relationships, but not, but not married. I, I think there has been a change there where I think the internet and technology has played a, a huge role is the availability of on, you know, at your fingertips support group. There have been blogs, there are uh, support groups, there are private groups on Facebook. I mean, it's just, the list is never ending. But it used to be 
that single mothers were far more isolated because to get out of the house and meet, let's say, meet with other single mothers or be in some kind of social group, Mm -hmm. it was often just financially prohibitive because of the babysitting costs. Now the children can be, you know, tucked in and, you know, the kitchen cleaned up and you need some adult conversation. You need to, you know, reach out to some other mothers and figure out how they're handling, you know, this, that, or the other thing. You can do that. And I think that's been a a huge change. It sounds huge. And I'm also thinking from the child's perspective that he or she no longer feels like odd one out in in their peer group because they're probably not. Because they're not. And they're no more... What do you mean you don't have somebody to make something for Father's Day? Yeah. We don't see Father's Day, Mother's Day anymore. We see family day celebrations. Mm-hmm. You know, bring somebody important to you, not bring, you know, bring somebody in your family or not who's important to you on that day. Yeah. Not where's your mom? Where's your dad? What do you mean? Da da da. Um, it's just, it's, it, there's not that social, unwarranted social stigma that, that children have to face. And I think that's been wonderful too. And let's not kid ourselves, our children are online getting that kind of support also. Yeah, really, really good stuff. So all to the good. Now I'm wondering, um, well, what do you wish you, technology aside and um, social acceptance aside, what do you wish that you knew then that you absolutely know now about this journey of parenting as a single mom? I wish I, I, wish I had known how important and memorable and significant the little things were to my children. Mm, give me an example, please. Uh, the cinnamon rolls, which I must confess were, you know, pop dough, you know, pop open dough. I wasn't like (laughs) needing it to make it rise that we always had on Sunday morning Mm. and that we would eat our cinnamon rolls and look at the paper. I always felt that I wished I had been able to provide more, more trips, more this, more that, but I didn't truly understand until my children had children of their own, how those little rituals the, that we had, the fact that we did keep a tidy house together, that we worked as a team together. We used to do things like, you know, we're going to set the kitchen timer for 15 minutes and we're going to clean and then we can go to the park. <laughs> I hear that directly echoed in both my son and daughter in their home. That's, that's the legacy, not the trip I managed to, you know, put together the money to go to Disney World or go here, or go, you know, go there. They remember those, but those aren't integral parts of their everyday life. They, that's not what's really in their soul. Yeah, that's, that's great. So that the little things, the it's little the, things. And, and, and I think uh, maybe good advice, uh, not a single parent myself, the idea of um, not to feel... Um, guilty about what you're not providing, but to, to, but to, to focus on what you are, the heart, the heart to stuff that you are providing. Absolutely. Absolutely. The guilt can be, you know, there's so much to make parents guilty now, single parents, not single parents. You should be doing this and it should be organic and it should be gluten-free and it should be, you (laughs) you know, and you can't play with that and you can't do this and that could be dangerous. Focus on the security that you give your children just by your presence. Yeah. 
No, I'm thinking that that kind of security and groundedness mm-hmm. has to come from a, a groundedness that one has on her own. And and for single moms maybe who are um, early on in this mm-hmm. in this journey, what advice can you give them when they're really not feeling very grounded? Get some support. You may feel get some support outside your children. Even if your children are teenagers, even if they're taller than you, even if they come across like they're really emotionally savvy and, oh, they understand mom and no, they're your children and you're the adult. Of course, you're going to have uh, worries and, and concerns and guilt. And this is, this is, these are feelings that you should share with trusted adults. Doesn't, When I say get support, I don't necessarily mean go to therapy, although obviously as a psychologist, I'm a big proponent of therapy, of talk therapy. But even if it's just an online group where you can really be you and talk about what's bothering you with people that truly understand, that's a pitfall of single parenting. It's one thing to be uh, the team that cleans the house or the team that gets that garage straightened out or whatever. But your children cannot be their emotion, your emotional support. They have enough on their own emotional plate. Yeah, and they shouldn't be. It's too much to ask. It's unfair. And um, I think it muddies the waters terribly in terms of, of what we're talking about legacy and what you can and, and do provide on the long, in the long-term picture to your children. You don't want your children to be thinking about you as someone who was a basket case, who who wasn't um, stable really, enough for me to, take, to feel as a child that I could lean on her. Right. Oh, I, you know, <clears throat> when I was in high school, I, you know, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, because I really had to stay and kind of take care of my mom. Yeah. You know, my mom really needed me. Yeah. And that's a, that's, that's a, that's kind of a sad legacy. We're putting so many demands societally on tweens and teens, how they should look, what they need to do, uh, what they're exposed to. It's really important for mom to be mom. And when mom feels she can't be mom, mom needs to reach out to the universe that's also filled with women who are not sure at that moment they really can be mom too. The help is really there. Yeah. And I really love that aspect of social media these days, that there are really so many different channels one can turn to for, you know, not just to post a question and get an answer, but to actually engage um, in real time in Twitter chats and, and Facebook chats, those kinds of online events. Um, you just need some adult perspective and, and some support you can get it. And um, for those of you who are, are watching and listening and, and find yourself sometimes um, really in need, rather than turn to your children at that moment, I would really, I would really um, encourage you to, to look to, to other adults. It's just a, it's a Google search away. Yeah. Good way it's to It's a Google it. search away. Okay, Dr. Leah, we're about to wrap up here. And before we do, I'd like to give you an opportunity to let um, our viewers and listeners know where they can find out more about your work. You can find out more about my work by going to my website. It's Dr. Dr. Leah, L-E-A-H dot com. And you can also find me on Twitter, Dr. Dr. Underscore Leah, L-E-A-H. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me right through my website. 
That would be great. And, um, and I hope people avail themselves of that opportunity because I, I know, I know you, I know your work <laughs> and I, and I know that you are a, an invaluable resource to people. So I thank you very much for the work that you do. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you for this opportunity. Thanks. Have a good one. You too. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with tweens, teens, and parents, visit AnnieFox.com. And please check out my parenting book, Teaching Kids to Be Good People, Progressive Parenting for the 21st Century, and my latest book for 8- to 12-year-old girls, the girls' Q&A book on friendship, 50 Ways to Fix a Friendship Without the Drama. And please consider reviewing our podcast on iTunes. It may be a little thing to you, but it means an awful lot to us. Family Confidential Podcast is produced by Electric Egg Plant, creators of books and apps for parents, kids, tweens, and teens. And tune in next week when my guest will be Sharon Hayward, longtime co-editor of the website Adios Barbie. Sharon and I will be talking about positive body tips for parents of girls. Until next time, happy parenting! Happy parenting!